long, I don't remember, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't stay, I didn't do them both together for a year. Do you remember the second year? Um, yeah, I always was on a growth mode. So I went 100 the first year. And by the third year, I think I made 250. This year, you're on pace to helping over 450 families. So I, I got myself up to where I was, I was selling about $18 million worth of real estate, $15, $18 million worth of real estate a year, right? Huh. And when I got there, I stayed there for a long time. Welcome back to the Willpower Podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us back today. My name is William Gomez. I am the host of the show. And today we have Carolyn Young with us today. She's a top producing real estate agent in the entire nation here in the Washington DC area. This year, she has been able to help over 450 families, her and her team of 15 agents, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. A lot of the times we see these people that have all this amazing success, and we forget that there's a story behind that. So I can't wait for you to hear all the amazing things that she has done throughout her life. Carolyn Young, thank you so much for coming on to the Willpower Podcast. I'm so happy that you're on here. I'm excited for the next uh, few minutes and the conversation that we're going to have. So I met you through a mutual friend, um, which was Christy Hardy, you mm -hmm. know, one of the top loan originators in the entire country last year and then this year as well. But, um, you know, she ke always kept telling me about this one realtor that she had, right? And as lenders, we're not really supposed to have like favorite realtors, but I could, without her telling me, I could tell that she had a favorite <laughs> So, uh, you she know, she happens to be my favorite lender. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, her, she would tell me a little bit of bits and pieces about, you know, you. And then um, you and I got introduced through um, some, some of like the content and marketing stuff that, that we'll be doing together as well, too. And so, me coming out here to DC, and uh, uh, I, was, I was already wanting to do a podcast with Christy. And then she, and then she mentioned, uh, hey, you know, uh, I think it would be awesome to have a, a conversation with Carolyn because she has heard a lot of the episodes. And uh, after getting to know your story a little bit, which I'm hoping to unfold a little bit more today, I'm super, super excited to get to know you. So for somebody that hasn't heard your name before, you know, what, how would you introduce yourself? So, well, first of all, Will, thanks for having me here. Of course. So it's awesome to be here. But um, I, Carolyn Young, I have the Carolyn Young team. I'm with Remax and uh, we're in the DMV area. Um, I'm actually in three states. Virginia, Maryland, and West Virginia. And uh, I have a team of 15 agents. And so one of the things too that I've kind of learned a little bit, you kind of told me a little bit about your story a couple of weeks ago over the phone, mm -hmm. but um, Christy would tell me that she's like, she's like, Carolyn, it's like super tough. She's super tough and she'd tell me all this stuff. And then today we were going back and forth to even having this conversation today because you know, you must be in a lot of pain right now because of, you know, you, uh, how had, would you describe? I had a dental procedure that went bad. So, so, so for was, you to be here today, if that doesn't okay. show me like what your story is a little bit behind. So you said you started real estate 30 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And do you want to take me back a little bit on the first year that when you started and kind of how everything was? Because from our converse, phone conversation, it didn't sound like it was the easiest thing, so, right? You know, my life wasn't handed to me on a platter, that's for sure. So I had to fight for everything I got. Um, but in some, you know, now I look back and I'm very grateful for it because it made me tough, you know what I mean? So if I had everything handed to me, I, I maybe wouldn't be have the drive that I have now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I ended up, um, actually, I was a deli clerk at Safeway. Before With, you started before real estate? Before I started real estate and I had three kids. I had a 10 year old, an 18 month old and a newborn. And so it was tough. And after the youngest one got to be about a year old, 
I said, you know, I need to do something about our life because I wasn't making enough money to survive. And you were a single mom? I was, yes, yeah, single mom with three kids. So, yeah. So what made you get into real estate? Because um, since I was basically living check to check and we had to use welfare to assist us to get through every month, which, you know, there was just no way to get out of what I was in. Like, you're, you're not gonna make enough money. You can't go to college, like, I can't even, you know, as a single mom taking care of two yeah. babies and trying to get, you know, a 10 year old to a soccer games and stuff. It just wasn't possible for me to go to school. So I basically ran into someone and I said, Hey, you know, what are you up to? And, and she says, um, I'm getting my real estate license. I said, Oh, how long does that take? I said two weeks. I'm like two weeks. I can take a two week vacation. So that's what I did. So let me ask you this, because a lot of the times people have either two mindsets getting into real estate, whether in the lending side, whether uh, investor side or the realtor side, and they have the mentality of they go into it and they say, I'm about to make a lot of money and have, you know, not necessarily free time, but more flexible with my day. Or you have people that go in and they say, hey, there's a chance that I make zero money this year and I'm gonna have to work so yeah. hard. So how is your mindset making that transition? Well, since we live paycheck to paycheck for me, actually what happened is I transitioned in while I was keeping my job uh-huh. and I did it for about, but I was so excited about real estate. So that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but we live paycheck to paycheck. So for me, not having money, you know, to pay my mortgage or anything, then, you know, we could be at huge risk, right? Cause I had no cushion. Yeah. Um, and so basically I just said, you know, I, I was trying to do both, but I got delivered an ultimatum from Safeway saying, you know, you're constantly running out, you know, we had to use a pay phone. You yeah. know, we didn't have cell phones then. So I'm constantly run, not using the phone and um, distracted, leaving early, calling out sick. And he said, you know, you, it's your choice. Yeah. It's your choice. Either you, um, stay here or you go to real estate, but you can't do both and stay here anymore. That's the perfect um, definition of bigger risk, bigger reward, right? But at that point, I mean, I can't imagine being so a single I, mom. So all of my family thought I was crazy getting in real estate. So, you know, most people don't make it. Yeah. Like, so you're really putting yourself at risk. We're all helping you. Everybody was on me. So I said, well, that day I just ended up going up to I thought about it and I said, you know, if I talk to my family or anybody, they're going to tell me you're taking too big a risk, don't do it. So I decided before I left work that day, I went up and I said, you're right. I'm very distracted. Here's my two weeks notice. I said, you know, am I going to take, you know, a guaranteed paycheck or a risk for success? So I went all in on it and I quit. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. How long were you doing both jobs for? About, well, when you have, you know, two babies and a kid and you're working full-time and doing real estate it was not easy so i did it for about nine months so pretty much you had your first year let's call it that you were part-time on both we'll say and then the second year is whenever you were both i mean all, it was all probably on. yeah i'd within eight or nine months I so what out. was the difference between how many house how many families you helped in the first year how many houses you sold i know in the real estate side it's a little different because you could sell one house and it could count as two double sides and stuff between the first and second year so when i the first year i got in real estate of course back then you know keep in mind that was like 30 years ago so my first year when i was at safeway so I, you started when you were like five right yeah <laughs> i just want i just want to make i just exactly. want everybody to know that so my oldest son's 43 so 
I don't know how that works, but um, but yeah. So basically, um, when I started in back then with Safeway, I was making like thirty thousand a year. Yeah. And my ver when I my very first year in real estate, which was a combination of me working as much as I could at my job and then finishing the year real hard, um, I made a hundred thousand. The first year when you were doing both mm -hmm. of them. And well, I didn't, but I didn't do, I really, you know, cut back because I was leaving. That's why yeah. they wanted me to, but I, you know, it was about maybe, you know, more like 50-50. I don't know. It was like, it was, yeah. it's been so long, I don't remember, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't stay, I didn't do them both together for a year. Do you remember the second year? Um, yeah, I always was on a growth mode. So I went 100 the first year. And by the third year, I think I made 250. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And then this year, you're on pace to helping over 450 families, and now that volume, you know. So basically, it, it gets a little bit complicated. So I, I got myself up to where I was doing about, you know, it took me about seven or eight years to build to where I was making about, you know, 18, I was selling about $18 million worth of real estate, 15, 18 million million worth of real estate a year, right? Uh -huh. And when I got there, I stayed there for a long time. Like about I, how long do you think? Um, about maybe 12 or 14 years. And how long did it take you to do that? So, like the first year? <clears throat> no. No, I, not the first year. Like, what was the first year that you did the 15 to 18 million? I think I was like about at that point, I had been in it for, you know, maybe getting close to 10 years. Okay. And then okay. So, so for the next 12 years, it was pretty pretty like the same about 15 years I, I maintained it mm -hmm. you know I would always stay right around 15 to 18 million a year I was doing and I thought that's kind of where I was which um, which maintaining in this business is still pretty hard to do yeah yeah so and then so you were saying that so I was uh, then I was a single agent but as I I decided well what happened honestly is that I went to an event I'm big into the Tom Perry network I love the coaching there yeah. I have a great coach and um, but I went to an event and I saw all these people talking about how you know they sold you know 200 homes 300 homes 500 homes I'm like okay so I, and I thought well people that did that must like come from a lot of money or yeah. be you know have things you know maybe it's just not somebody that I am like yeah. I thought you had to like you know maybe well connected or something so and when I met everybody and I saw the panel on stage, I'm like, wow, I'm signing up for coaching. I, I can do what they do. Yeah. So from that moment on, that was um, about four and a half years ago. I'm on my fifth year with coaching right now. And in five years, <clears throat> I went from doing about 40 transactions a year, around 40 to 15 million, to this year we'll do about 240 million. That's insane. So the, when I when I got the tools and really the mindset, right, mm -hmm. of what it takes for the growth. So this year, um, yeah, this year we'll hit about two hundred and forty million. And on a down year, quote unquote, right? As far as like what the what the market did compared to what it's been in the last couple of years, like that's incredible. That you know, you guys, you were not only able to do that much volume, but then grow the, your team the way that you've been able to grow it. Mm -hmm. So if we go back a little bit, though, something I did want to say is you're story um, about how you were a single mom, you had three kids, and the decision that you had to make, it really resonates with me because I, so I was actually born in Mexico, and uh, my mom had me when she was 17 years old, and I was the firstborn, and then she had my, um, my sister afterwards, and then my brother, so she was a single mom of three as well. 
her decision was a little different. Um, she actually, in order for, you know, she was working like three jobs in order mm-hmm. for just to put food on the table and it wasn't anything crazy, uh, you know, and I remember her telling me, hey, I think I found a way out of this. And she, you know, was like, I found a job in the United States. And I was like, great, when are we leaving? Well, she had to come over here, what I thought was gonna be six months, it ended up being two and a half years wow. without my mom. So I share that with you because it, it really, really makes me think of like, I can't imagine how, like, can you take me a little bit there on like, I'm assuming not only were you, like any agent right now that's thinking about leaving a salary job and going full commission, whether they have kids or not, or whatever the situation, there's there's fear in the back of, of your head. Mm-hmm. How, how did you feel at that time being a single mom and, and saying like, yeah, I wanna do this and I feel like I have a good shot at it, but there's also a 50 chance that, you know, it might flop and I, what am I gonna do? Like, so what was your mindset like back then? So for me, my mindset then is the same as the growth I've had over the past five years, you know? It's, I mean, it's been crazy. It's almost a 15X growth. It's, it's huge. So when you step into new territory like that, without a doubt, there's always uncomfortable and fear. But if you're not uncomfortable, you're not you growing. You can't grow. You're not like growing. If, you, if you're, if you're, you know, want to be comfortable, it's not. But when I did it, I just know for me, and I guess everybody has to know their self and what they want, but there's just no, I, I have no room for failure. So that's just how my mindset was, that I was gonna make it no matter what. I figure if there's other people that can do it, I can do it. So I'm gonna take a wild guess that you didn't have a plan B. Like if this doesn't work, no. I'm gonna go do this. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that a lot of people that I've like seen and you know, um, and all these amazing things that they've been able to do is they never have a plan B. But most people that I, I, I deal with on a day-to-day basis, they always say, well, I'm gonna give it my all. But if this doesn't work, then I'm gonna do this. And whenever you just put yourself in that situation, you've already kind of lost in a sense because your mindset is so, so powerful mm-hmm. that that right there can really take you to, you know, bigger success or it could really just take you to just failure right off the bat because in, your, in some part of your brain, you've already told yourself, it's okay if I don't win, pretty much. So another question I have for you is, so you went to be full-time whenever your kids were how old you said you said 10 they were like at that time they were like you know again it's been a while so maybe like you know my youngest two are 18 months apart so you know probably one and a half and three so they were i mean they were were really young so i'm assuming that by the time that they were like at least in high school or so they i mean you were kind of established and you were making a lot more i mean you said that i mean you said that in the first couple of years i mean you you know yeah by the time you know my youngest was i think he was about you know five or maybe he was about eight we i made a move in between there but I bought a farm and they had horses and four wheelers and you know, our life changed obviously. So the reason I'm asking that is because, so I, I, I'm actually expecting my first child in June. Okay. I've been, I've been married for six years and this is like one of the scariest things that I feel like I've ever kind of like, you know, been like, okay, I don't know how to prepare for it. It's going to be, but one of my biggest fears is how much am I going to be tempted to give my kid like everything that I didn't have right without like the fine line of like spoiling somebody and get so can you tell me a little bit like how did you adjust you don't want to ask me I give everything (laughs) 
<laughs> so so did you just kind of just went like you didn't really I, think about it? I don't it? know. I, I'm real generous with my kids, but um, but I also am super hard on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? In what so way? I just always, like, I'm kind of like that with my team too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, you know, Chrissy, if you ever talk to her, she, she knows my team. I have to, but you know, for me, a lot of people that have teams that perform at the level we do, you know, they might have 30 or 40 agents to do, you know, close to 450 transactions. We have 15. Yeah. So That's we have incredible. a small team, but everybody, like, if you're not a really hard worker and you want to have the same goals like I, that we all have, then we don't even let you on the team. So what, tell me. And that's the same with the kids. I always yeah. like, yeah, you, I'll So give, give me an example. Give me an example with your kids. Like how would you. I mean, you... my kids are, you know, so my, my older son, um, he's, you know, I always did everything with him because his dad, he had lost his dad when he was a baby. Oh, so, so. you, okay. Yeah. So uh, that's how you, you were a single mom. Wow. So he's the one that, you know, got me into doing all the crazy sports and stuff. I know we chatted a little bit about but he, he just is a really hard worker. You know, he was an MMA fighter. Um, he, just, he just is a really tough guy, super great guy. So yeah, so I mean, if you wanted to, I would love to hear about that because I only heard from <laughs> it from Christy. So, so you, what made you get into, you were an MMA fighter for how long? So no, I really, I wasn't an MMA fighter. What happened is um, my son was a fighter and he had a team, he was a trainer. Okay. And so, <clears throat> so I went to, um, uh, what we call Naga Worlds. It's jiu-jitsu. Uh -huh. So jiu-jitsu is the ground fighting yeah, of yeah, MMA. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's where you're trying to, you know, S submission, submission yeah, with, yeah. you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. I went there and I saw a whole girls division. And at that time I was 57 and like these girls are like 23. And I'm like, man, I said, I tell you what, if I was their age, I, I would, this is awesome. They have this now because, you know, I, I didn't know that the girls did that. Yeah. And, um, He's like, well, what does age have to do with that? He said, you're coming next year. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do it, Joe. <laughs> this so, is your son that was asking, that's telling you this. Yeah, oh yeah. So he's like, no, we're gonna uh, work on you because I trained with him, I, he was my trainer. Yeah, yeah. And he said, so we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna work on you a little bit with some uh, moves and we're gonna go to some local tournaments. And then next year you can come to Naga. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he took me to the first few tournaments and I thought I was just going to pass out. I was hoping the building would fall down. Like I could get out of there because I was so, I was so scared. And then finally, you know, we get to Naga Worlds. I mean, there was a lot. So his, his team was an MMA team. Okay. So I trained with them doing MMA, but I didn't compete in MMA. I just competed in jujitsu. Okay. And then how long did you do it for? So I did it for that maybe about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up, I didn't win any of the tournaments. And we went to Naga and Chip's like, um, so there's different Naga events, but this was the world's, it's a big yeah. event. And um, I said, I don't know, Chip, I just get so scared, man. He goes, you're so good in practice. Like, why do you do that? He goes, well, you know, what are you gonna do? Like, you know, you know, lose your losing streak. Like, you know, like I said, okay, Jeff, just forget it. So I read books on mindset and I put my hoodie on. I didn't look at anybody. Cause you know, when you go to this yeah. event, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I bet you I got to fight her next. You oh, know? Yeah. So, um, I went like that one year in training, I think my first, you know, whatever, 14 months. I don't know. I broke my nose at six ribs. I broke my ankle. Like I got hurt so much. Um, and then, so we, 
finally made it to Naga World, and I said, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. Just I had the whole hoodie and the music and not look at anybody. And then I went undefeated, so I actually won gold. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I had to fight like five that times. That is incredible. That is pretty crazy. So let me ask you this. How did that change your mindset to like translate it to your business? It's all the same. And then after we did Naga, to be honest, I got hurt really bad. Um, what Naga, um, in the final match, I had snapped my ankle again because I have a bad ankle. And, um, and then we went to um, a practice night the next week, and I got my shoulder pulled out. So Chip's like, well, why don't we just do something different yeah. like for a while? Because he was hurt and I was hurt. He had hurt his knee. He said, so why don't we just um, train for a half Ironman? And I'm like, so... I'm like, okay. I said, I, I haven't run three miles. You want me to do 57 miles? Like, we can't, you know? He's like, no, you can. I'll put you on a training regiment. So I'm like, okay. So we did it, you know, one step at a time. And then we're not even three months in the training. And he's like, I hate, so he's like me. He's like, I hate doing half of anything. Yeah. He said, let's just go ahead and do a full and we'll use the half for training. So anyway, so. I ended up doing a full with them. So oh we ended up, um, we trained really hard for, I guess it was maybe about nine months to a year that we That's did crazy. all the training. And then I ended up doing three Ironmans in like 90 days. Th three of them? I did. Wow. I, I, that was the first, I didn't know about that part. And it actually reminds me a lot about, so I love, like my stress reliever is I love to work out. I do CrossFit and I literally mm -hmm. like, I, I, I love it. And I'm like, how am I going to, like, I'm very strategic on like, how can I make sure that I like win this workout, right? But I'm also, sometimes I feel like I get a little scared about getting comfortable. So I'll be like, okay, well, this is good, but like, what else can I do? So over the last few years, like- Do you have a trainer? Yeah, I have, I mean, the, the trainer that we have at CrossFit, he actually has been to the CrossFit Games before, and I'm actually even competitive with him, and he's about 45, and he's in, like, tremendous shape. And, and you're like, super he's, fit, too. Well, so. thank you. But, so, I'm constantly thinking, like, what, what else could I do? So, in the last couple of years, I was like, I want to do, I, I want to do a half marathon. And, and then they were like, all right, you're going to need to train this much, this much, and I said, no, I said, I want to do a full marathon. And they said, you're going to have to do all this training. And I said, I, I don't, I don't want to do this training. Like I, and then, so I said, what about a half marathon? So I ended up running two half marathons with zero training back to back. And because I, I told people I want to run it in an hour and 45 minutes and my non-negotiables, two hours, my stretch goals, an hour and 30 minutes. Well, the first one I ran, I ran in like an hour and 32 minutes and everybody was like, that's incredible. You didn't train. Well, I was pissed because I was just like, I was so close. I was so close. So then I was like, when's the next one? The next one was like a week and a half away. So I signed up for that one. And then I was like 131. I didn't realize how hard two minutes is in a 13.2 miles or what whatever that is. What pace is that? What pace did you run? It was like uh, on the verge of seven. It was like 701. Yeah, that's so I knew fast. But it was, it was, and for the rest of the day, like I couldn't walk. Like it was, and then I remember going to this uh, bike thing. It's called Tulsa Tough. It was like races and stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. And I thought everybody there was like a professional. And, and they were like, no, there's like amateurs here. And I would just go, so you're telling me that like anybody can just do this races? So I said, I'm going to do it again next year. I'm going to do it next year. And then somebody reminded me, and I just went and bought a bike and got on, rode 20 miles without like a, like a, uh, 
butt pad or whatever, like the, the shorts that they wear mm-hmm. to, and then without any clips. And I was just like, what did I just get myself into? But I ended up buying the whole thing, like the whole outfit. And I ended up doing 110 miles, like two months after. And I personally feel that doing all those things and just stepping out of your comfort zone, not just in business, but just in That's everything awesome. that you do, it's just constantly making you but better. But you know, you asked how does it relate, but it's like really for me, like with the, you know, the huge growth we've had over the past five years, you have to, you know, have a good mindset. You have to set your goals. You have to be committed to the process, you know, track your goals. Like it's the same thing in yeah. your business as an Ironman. But I, you know, I haven't, I kind of gotten out of that training load just because I've been Ironmanning my business right now. But I do still try to go to the gym and work out and I could always do more. But, um, but you know, the, the time involved in training because an Ironman, you know, that's 140 miles, right? So you've got to swim to yeah. 2.4 miles, you bike 112, and then run a marathon for 26. And I, believe me, I'm not even trying to be a podium finisher. Like there's, you know, usually those events have a couple thousand people at the start. So I, um, you know. And those times get crazy. Like I think like the fastest time is something like, was it eight hours or something? I, like, w- I wouldn't was, know. I never even insane. see him come in. I'm at the other end. <laughs> So, so I've, I've looked a little bit at like a triathlon. They give a, you 17 um, hours, and I'm usually about 15, 45, something like yeah. that. I think I did, but you know, but it, it's a it's a tough event. They're hard, but they're a lot of fun, and it's very rewarding to come across the line. So yeah, that I've looked at a couple of those, but that the swimming is definitely something that I don't think I could wing. So I would definitely have to buckle in and train for that. Well, you're doing stuff. it to win. I'm doing it to finish. So. <laughs> So uh, somebody ran, uh, one of the uh, girls at my gym ran uh, uh, a half, a, a marathon. And I said, hey, I'll run it next to you. Cause I, I said, if you keep me accountable that I'm not gonna like go crazy. Cause that's the way I always tell myself. I'm like, I'm just gonna run it. And then I always just, I can't just, mm. just have to do it, right? Or 75 do it. And then she was like, no, I do not trust you. I don't believe you that you're not gonna like take me out of my pace and everything. But on my, in my, experience i i've noticed that it makes things a lot easier for me like for example like i work out every single day monday through friday uh, at 6 a.m and then on saturday i work out um uh like later in the day but monday through friday at 6 a.m i work out and i don't know if you've ever done a crossfit workout but like the the workouts I that have, you do yeah. like you know when you're working out and you're not just doing my your regular, son was a crossfit instructor so. so you even whatever the type of workout it is you're gonna feel like you're dying sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I get to the office, I just, I'm like, I've already conquered the day. Like there's nothing that can come to me that I'm gonna be surprised by. So that's where I feel like it helps me. And it's awesome to hear that. Uh, I didn't even really think we were gonna bring up the MMA and then I found out about the Ironman. That's that's incredible. So let me ask you, going back to, you were stuck and then you went to the um, Tom Ferry event. And what do you think it was besides like, the accountability, the mindset and everything, but what what do you think it really was that, that and you didn't have any team members at all before you started coaching there, right? Mm-hmm. But like, take me a little bit there of, of what was it that just literally just made you be one of those people on stage and all? Because when I realized the people on stage were nothing, no more special than I was. So it just goes all back to the mindset. Mm-hmm. But then tell me a little bit on the tactical side of things of, of, of you got your coach and you kind of told me a little bit about that journey of, yeah. you, you know, but like how long was it before you had your first person and then your second person and then, you know, 
Because so it's only been the I, last it, four years. Yeah, it is. It's been, I, I ended up getting connected like with just an amazing coach. We clicked it off like immediately. And so he's been with me, Jeff Mays is my coach. He's been with me the whole ride. So, but I'm kind of, you know, some people do like over plan everything. I'm the kind that more has the mindset of this is what I want and I'm going to go get it. And I figure out the details as I'm going along. So I call instead of get ready, aim, fire, I just fire. So that's how I've always done it. And I did it the same way with the business. I did it the same way with everything. So, and how, what do you look at whenever you're interviewing somebody to come join your team? Cause it sounds like a, <clears throat> your team is a we lot have different. Ninja than team. Yeah. So everybody, um, kind of like the, I guess the first question is now I have a sales manager, so she's going to ask some questions. Um, you know, are, are you ready to put your roller skates on? You ready to go? You want to work hard? What, do you, what is your goals? And if someone's like, well, you know, I always have these events. I go to, you know, or whatever. You just, like, we're all about family. Like, everybody, like, my team is so awesome. Like, you know, if you're working hard and, and your mom's sick or you have a kid that has a play, like, we're all going to cover for each other. Like, yeah. we all put our families, you know, first. But we don't have the mentality of, you know, of just, you know, it's just we all work hard. I work harder than any of them, so. So what are your goals for the next couple of years with your team? Is that something you've kind of have in mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, you know, of course we had a pivot in the market this year, right? So, and I'm still working. Some people have already built their business plan for next year, but I'm still working in this year. So I'm not, I'll, I'll start that here probably um, by the end of the month. In the beginning of the year, I'll have it all put in place. So I don't know exactly how we're going to build it out. But, um, but yeah, I'm always looking at growing. And so even when the market shifts, if you stay the same, it's almost like a 20% growth because the market's down a little bit. But I, I'll probably, you know, take that plus add another 20 to it. So we'll, we'll, we're going to be in a growth mode this year again coming up. And are you planning on bringing more agents on as well? As, or where, um, where are you at on that? So I have to see how that all works out. Like, you know, we, because we're super protective of our culture, like yeah. everybody on the team, um, is very protective of our culture so it's hard to hire it's yeah. really hard to hire so um but if you know they can't manage the leads that are coming in then we have no choice unless they want to work 24 7. so yeah um so we you know we manage it and we'll just build it out as we go we're just very cautious about it yeah that's kind of why i was asking like what you mainly look for whenever you get somebody on the team just because whenever you have built something whether it's with like two people or 15 people or 30 people the, the larger that you grow it in in order to keep that culture it just gets harder and harder yeah and harder. no we're i'm very careful about that yeah. so we'll grow but we'll keep the culture in place as we grow that's for sure so well um I, I say this all the time and i'll say it again um you know a lot of people value money so much and i think money can make things a lot easier but what i value more than that is time and you gave me some of your time today and i truly truly appreciate you for that and especially in the situation that you were caught in for this week, I really, really appreciate you being here today. One of the last questions I like to ask is, what is the best advice that you feel that you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received? Um, I'm sure hmm. there's been, it's been a ton of, you know, whether starting the business or even with your coaching and stuff. And a lot of the times it's something just super simple, but I feel like that's where it's a lot more impactful to the audience listening just because you hear the simple things over and over again, and sometimes it takes 
so much to you know it takes the 12th time to hear it to be like okay but i just didn't know if there's something I, I, I that sticks with you i don't know if i can really on the top of my head say advice but i think the the biggest asset is accountability that's just the biggest ah, that's asset so good me, so that's so good and especially going into um i'm not sure exactly if this will be aired before or, but i mean definitely right around the new year's resolution time right yeah so um and that's why a lot of the times people and one that people bring up all the time is the gym it's like it's so oh packed. my gosh every january the gym's yes, packed and by yes. march there's nobody in but there but what if what if everybody that was there that was jam-packed they had like a personal trainer right there with them the entire they would, time they would keep doing it exactly that, that's the thing people set goals and you know you don't have to like again have a whole you know, business plan of how it's going to happen yeah. or a whole, but you got to stay committed to them. And, yeah. and, and if you're not that person that can do it, get a coach, get a trainer. So you yes. have somebody that's going to meet you there every day. Yes. And it's all about, it goes back to just being super simple. And, you know, people ask me, you yes. know, you know, they'll say, you know, how are you doing this, this and this? And it's like, well, you just have to keep accountable to somebody. Um, and, and the thing is, sometimes people try to oversimplify, uh, overcomplicate. You know, one of my favorite yeah. quotes is, uh, complexity is the enemy of execution, right? So two of the things that I see a lot of people that try to complicate it is, is, is you should get a mentor. And it's like, well, where do I even start and everything? Like one of the things of how Christy and I connected so well is, is um, Darren Hardy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but I consider him a mentor mm -hmm. and I just got to meet him for the first time this year. And it's like, you don't have to like, have to have meetings with somebody to, in order to consider having a mentor. And on top of that, you can definitely overcomplicate the, uh, the accountability. Going back to Christy as well again, I remember when I was like, hey, uh, would you be willing to give me 15 minutes to coach me every single week and, and me pretty much send you all the activities that I'm doing? And I've been doing that for the last, the last few weeks. And I don't even think she was really expecting it, but that keeps me accountable because it's now, awesome. now, every, someone, yeah. now every single time that, that I'm like, man, I really don't want to make these calls. I really don't want to do this. I'm just like, I don't want to send Christy like an, an empty, you know, activity thing. And then so accountability, that's the best that you could have said. So thank you so awesome. much for being Thanks here. For having me, yes. I, I appreciated this conversation so much. Awesome.